Savior. Come on, shout glory to God. Come on, shout glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I felt that Bishop McKinney anointing. Shout glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We already know our theme scripture. We know it. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation of things that we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real what is not revealed to the senses. Exodus chapter number 15, starting at verse 22. Starting at verse 22. I'm reading out of the Amplified. I don't know if you guys have that, but that's fine. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went a distance of three days, about 33 miles, in the wilderness and found no water. Then they came to Marah, but they could not drink its waters because they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. The people grew discontented and grumbled at Moses, saying that we are, what are we going to drink? Then, they, then he cried to the Lord for help. Moses in verse number 25. And the Lord showed him a tree. A branch of which he threw into the waters. And the waters became sweet. Come on, listen at this. There the Lord made a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. Say, God tested them. Come on, say it again. Say, God tested them. Come on, set like this. And there, God tested him. Come on, let's keep going. Verse number 26. Come on, stay focused. Saying, if you will diligently listen and pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and listen to his commandments and keep foremost in your thoughts and actively obey all his precepts and statutes. Then, come on, somebody say, then. Come on, say, then. I will not put on you any of the diseases which I have put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Verse 27 says, Then the children of Israel came to Elam, were they, and there were twelve springs of water, and seventy date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. And there the Lord made a statue, bottom portion of twenty-five, and an ordinance, and there he tested them. I want you to say that again. And there he tested them. Say that. Come on, say it again. And there he tested them. One more time. And there he tested them. He tested them at a bitter place. 
He didn't test them in verse number 28 or verse 27 where they found 12 springs of water and they found nourishment. God is really funny style, right? He tested them in their bitter moment. That seems to be unfair, right? And Melissa, when you think about it, why wouldn't God test me in a good place? Why does God seem to try my faith when I'm bitter, when I'm angry, when I'm disappointed, when I'm upset? Why does God seem to try my faith when I'm in the fight for my life? <laughs> Why wouldn't God test my faith after he heals me of cancer? After he heals me and, and, and gives me a, a new sense and a fresh place in life, but it seems that God gives you what you ask for, but then he turns around and he says, I'm going to test you with it. I'm going to test you with it. And I just simply want to talk to us today and just really build our faith, build our faith on this sermonic moment entitled The Conditions of a Faithful Journey. Over the next few weeks, I want to take our church on a faith journey that will expose the inability the children of Israel to accept the conditions of serving God in their quest to reach the promised land. Over these next few weeks, we will unpack the plight and the journey of Moses and the children of Israel. I pray that we as a church, our families, and our personal endeavors as faith believers will use these teachings and times of God-centered impartation to bring us to a place of great reflection, re-examination, and repentance. Three areas that we will focus on, reflection, re-examination, and repentance. My heart in teaching and our teaching aims are very simple during this season of our faith theme. First, it is to set up a space of reflection on how far we have separated ourselves from the true plan and the purpose of God. Secondly, it is my goal to teach in a space where the scriptures will bring us to a place that causes us to re-examine our posture and our position as it pertains, Linda, to our faith in God. And thirdly, it is my prayer that our teachings will allow us to see the error of our ways, our thoughts, and our choices that we have made against God's will. And then last of all, I pray that our time of teaching in God's Word will push us to accept the conditions that will bring true change within our relationship with God. Three areas that I want to begin to focus on is reflecting on how far you and I, the church, the body of Christ, 
has separated ourselves from truly following the plan of God. And then next, we, we, we want to begin to build our aims and begin to talk about these things in our life that has brought error against God. That place of true repentance, the place where we make it true, where we make a true about face, a 360 degree turn back to the heart of God that turns us back to the will of God, back to the plan of God, back to the things of God. I, I remember when they used to say that, the, let, let's do the things of God, the things of God. What are the things of God that matter to our, that matter to God? Let us begin to set our affections on things that God is concerned about, the heart of God, the the, the heart of the matter. Thirdly, we want to turn our hearts back to that place. Not only where we just re-examine, but let's just think about that place of repentance, that place of re-examination, that place of reflection. But then last of all, Will we allow God's word to push us forward into accepting the conditions that will bring change, that will bring true change in our relationship with the Father? I want to settle on these three points here. The first point in accepting the conditions of a faithful journey, he says that if you want to be faithful to the journey, if you really want to see the blessing of the Lord rest in your life in this season, because here we are, they had just crossed over the Red Sea, Mother Hasbury. They, they, the God had just provided them a miracle. He killed their enemy. He did everything that he needed to do to win their faith. But when you are really not faithful in the journey, it will show when process hits your life. 33 miles into the journey, they start complaining. I can imagine what my mother or my father or even my wife would say, you ungrateful rascal. How dare you complain after I put shoes on your feet? How dare you sit here and say that this food is nasty when I have went out and I've worked hard to make sure that you have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. It might not be the snack that you want, but God has provided. The, the, the lights were three hours away from being turned off, but somebody stopped by and put money in my pocket. We didn't have gas to get to church, but God has made a way, and God has allowed us to get through the seasons of our life. How dare you sit here and complain that you don't have water? Do you just remember where you came from? Uh, water was not an issue. Come on now. Uh, you should be used to it by now. You were sitting in a desert with the enemy upon your back and I bring you through and now you complain? 
because the water is too bitter. <laughs> but I want to show you that I love you so much that I'm going to give you what you ask for, but here is the test. Here is the test. The conditions of a faithful journey, number one, is that they had to have faith, number one, to heed his voice. Faith to heed his voice. We can see that in, in, in uh, 1526, uh, 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 verse 26, the eight clause, and there the Lord tested them. And right there, 26, and he says, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. Mm, give heed to the voice of the Lord. Number one, we have to hear this. The first condition of a faithful journey is to do what? Is to have faith to heed his voice. All right? What does that mean? God required of their attention by asking that they be what? Intentional, willing, and committed. Okay? The first condition of a faithful journey in the process in serving our God, in serving a God who has already provided the miracle, in serving the God who's already brought you to the other side, remember I told you that getting to the other side is the beginning of all of the journey. So to complete this journey that would have taken them about 11 uh, three to 11 days uh, they were already 33 miles into the journey he says now that you're here now that I have provided for you I'm going to test you and how am I going to test you I want you to have faith to heed my voice if you will give it earnest and heed to the voice of the Lord your God I'm going to require that you be intentional that you be willing and committed. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this quote. Faith is the heeding, audible action that encourages our willingness to remain committed and engaged to the voice of God. Did you hear that? Take a picture of it so that you can keep it. Faith is the heeding, audible action that encourages our willingness to remain committed and engaged to the voice of God. The first condition of a faithful journey is that God wants us to heed his voice. He wants you to stop. He wants you to be intentional, willing, and committed. Number two, the second condition of a faithful journey that is leading us to a promise that God has for you and I is this to do what? Faith to honor him as God. Don't just heed my voice, but then I'm going to test you that your faith will honor me, that you'll have faith to honor me as your God and the only living God. Look at it here, and it says, and do what is right in his sight. Honor me as your God. We've, we, 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 we separated ourselves in some things where we don't honor God anymore. We honor man. 
we honor everything else. And we believe that Sunday morning is honoring God. Sunday morning is where we bring ourselves to be refilled because all week long I honored him and how I love my neighbor. I honored him and how I uh, uh, reconciled my thoughts to agree with him. I, I honor God in my lifestyle. I honor God in how I honor my wife and how I honor my children and how I honor this temple and how I steward my finances and I steward my relationships. I, I steward my time of prayer and devotion with him I, and how I steward what God has called me to be in the earth whether it be a manager, whether it be a supervisor, whether you're self-employed, whatever God has given you to be gifted in, are you honoring God in those areas? Not just church on Sunday. Not just on Easter and Christmas and, and the special times that you're going through, but are we honoring God in the middle of a process where the water is bitter can we honor God in a bitter place can we honor God out of a bitter place can we honor God in moments where we don't want to forgive and can we honor God in moments where, where we have strife and envy no you can't it's hard to honor God when your heart is full of bitterness it's hard to honor God it's hard to have faith to honor him as your God when your problems have become your God when social media is your God when your job is your God when everything about your life is your God and you only serve God out of a need when you need something and you don't serve him you complain you turn around and you want to go back to Egypt. You constantly remind him, uh, where are we going to get water from? Where are we going to get nourishment from? Number one, the faithful condition of a faithful journey is to heed his voice. It's to be intentional, willing, and committed. Faith is the heeding, audible action that encourages our willingness to remain committed and engaged to the voice of God. Number two, faith to honor him. God required that they walk upright in doing what was right by esteeming him as their God, by showing respect and reverence to his voice, being considerate of his heart. Come on, family. Are we seeing this here? Faith to honor him as God and to do what is right in his sight. God required that they walk up right in doing what was right by esteeming him as their God, putting him first, putting him above any and everything that might come into your life whatever it might be that God is first on my table that God is the first thing on my mind God is the only thing on my mind when I wake up in the morning and when I go to sleep come on up when I wake up the first thing I say 
thank you, God. Father, I thank you for waking me up. Father, I thank you for keeping me through the night. I, I thank you for keeping me breathing. I thank you for giving me a steady heartbeat. I, I thank you that I have another day to honor you. I thank you that I have another day to get it right. I thank you that I have another day to fix some things in my life that are not right. I thank you that I have another day to reflect on some things that I did yesterday that separated me from your will. I thank you, God, today that I have another day day to think about and to reflect on some things in my life that caused me not to honor you. I, I thank you that I have new mercy to repent for the things that I may do that will be unpleasing to you. I, I put you first. He says that if you honor me, I'll continue to honor you. I've always told my son this, and he's probably going to get me today. I said, how you honor your mother is how I honor you. How you honor your sister is how I will honor you. The moment that you disrespect your mother, I'm going to return it back to you. Oh, you know, Vita taught me this thing. We match energy. Now, let me be careful here because I don't want y'all to think that this energy that I'm talking about is some off energy. No, 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 no. You disrespect my wife, I'm going to deal with you for that. You disrespect this house, I'm going to deal with you for that. And I told him to his face, how you honor your mother is how I'm going to honor you. So if you think you're a man now and you think that you can disrespect my wife, I'm going to show you that you're out of place. Hmm. I, I'm going to show you what it means to be dishonorable. I'm going to take all the blessings off the table. I'm going to uh, 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 pause all of the special privileges because there is no dishonor in this house. You're uncovered. As my father would say, you're, we're out of fellowship. You know, out of fellowship. You know, my father used to say that to me all the time. And, and God is saying this, when you don't honor me, there is a disconnect. When you don't esteem me as your only God, there is a disconnect. You're going to have some issues along the journey. But when you don't honor me with the issues that are going to come and you're going to be confronted with, there's going to be major problems because you will not be successful without me. I know that we're entitled to our own truth. But where did truth come from? I'm going to come right down y'all street today. Because truth didn't come from yourself. Truth didn't come from some book you read. Truth came from God himself. And because Adam sinned, truth becomes now a reason. Truth becomes now a choice. But when God created us, there was no choice in truth. The only thing we had was truth. The only thing we had was righteousness. The only thing that we had was fellowship with God. There were no conditions, but because of sin, God has to give us conditions. Whoo! Aren't you tired of living by conditions? Aren't you sick and tired of living by some rules that you know you cannot live up to? 
That's why Jesus dies on the cross so that he can redeem the conditions so that you and I will be able to live sin free. Oh, Bishop, what are you talking about? Sin free. Come on now. We believe in the new creation. We believe that the blood of Jesus redeemed me from all of my sin and the sin that would come after. Ooh, when I got saved, he redeemed me from being a practicing habitual sinner. Ah, come on now. I don't practice sin. Come on now. Uh, I, I don't live in sin. I don't lie in sin. But I'm still uh, uh, a part of a sinful nature that if I don't esteem God, sin will rise up in my life. If I don't honor God, sin will rise up in my life. If I don't seek him as my God, if I disconnect myself from a faithful journey and I don't understand how to reflect, how to repent, how to reexamine sin will rise up in my life but when I honor God it causes sin to remain dormant causes sin to be away from me well Bishop what are you talking about I have these thoughts in my mind honor God with your thoughts speak to your mind Cause your mind to become subject to the things of God. When every nasty thought comes in your heart, come on, declare, I will not cheat on my wife. I'm not going to sit up here and lust on the women at my job. I believe that God can cover my mind. I believe what God has put together. Let no sin, let no lust, let no adultery, let no pornography, whatever it may be, put a sun in my marriage but if you don't honor God the same way you ask God to forgive you is the same way your flesh will lead you back to a sin and the sins that he redeemed you from come on now I know that this is the teaching that we don't want to hear because they say there's no such thing as a sin. Don't die. Uh, come on now, as Bishop McKinney say, don't die. There ain't no hell. Don't die. I'm not, being, I'm not being insensitive, but I'm telling you, when we try to change God to fit our own lifestyle, and we try to change God, and we try to manipulate the system that says, oh, I can just serve the higher power. Well, if you're serving a higher power, then that means that the higher power had to come from a God. Everything that you're reasoning with came from a disconnection. Everything that we try to do on our own, it came from the lack of honor. It, it, it came from lack of repentance. It came from lack of self and spiritual reflection that shows you woo, how awful you are. Come on now. God loves us all. His love is conditional. But then there's another love that says, if you love me, then you'll obey my commands. Two different. There's unconditional love. The love that will love you no matter what. But then there's the love that will judge your love. 
you don't love me. You like me. You're, I am a convenience to you, but you don't love me. Because if you love me, then you would honor me as being the head of your life. If you love me, then when you get in trouble, you won't run to your alcohol and drink yourself away to where you can't do nothing right. You make the wrong decisions. You do all of the other stuff that's not right. No, 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 no. You say that you love me, but your actions say otherwise. You don't trust me. You don't believe in me. You don't have confidence in me. So you go do everything else to feed your issue. Whew. Come on. This is what Israel did their entire journey for 40 years. 40 years. It was only a 3 to 11 day journey. They, they had already walked 33 miles. You would think after walking 33 miles in the wilderness that somebody would have lifted up their head and say, wait a minute, he just brought us through the Red Sea. Shut your mouth and be quiet. Oh, come on, don't you stand here and complain now. We're in a better place. We could still be on the other side. He could have left us on the other side and allowed the Egyptians to destroy us and push us into the water and drown all of our families. And they stand on the seashore and celebrate that we're dead. But he decided a long time ago, before you and I were ever born, that we would have a promise that there will be a land that we will be able to walk into where the giants would not destroy us but the giants would wait on us to arrive so that they could leave if you would just remember where you come from then it wouldn't be so easy to complain it wouldn't be so easy to, if you would just remember I remember what it was to have holes in my shoes and I vowed I would never have holes in my shoes again but if I ever had holes in my shoes again I remember the good times when I had shoes that were 20 years old why because I understand where I come from so I learned how to take care of what I have because I never know if that's going to be my last time if that's going ever be my last parachute, if that's going to ever be my last meal, if this is going to ever be my last time to lift my hands. So I got to honor God every chance that I get. I can never take it for granted. Uh, number one, the conditions of a faithful journey is that you have to do what? Is that you got to heed his voice. Number two is that you have to do what? Honor his voice. But then I like this. Listen at the quote. Faith is the harboring prescription. Whew. I love how God is speaking to me. Uh, faith is the harboring prescription where honor is reflected in our walk with the Father. <laughs> Can y'all hear that? Faith is the harboring prescription where honor, Mother Hasbury, is reflected in our walk with the Father. Honor is a prescription. He, he prescribes it. If you would just get to the spiritual drugstore and take your honor pill every day. 
I got to take my spiritual medicine. I got I got to take the pill that causes me to repent. Uh, to repent. I got to take that pill of faith. Come on now, just like you're taking all of the natural pills. Come on now. We we've got to we've got to we've got to medicate ourselves spiritually. Come on now. Wife just said the supplements, grapes. Come on, to take take the supplements. Take those, take those things spiritually that will undergird you, honor, heeding his voice. Number three, the third faithful condition to a faithful journey. Faith to heed, faith to honor, and then faith to hear and obey. Bishop, that sounds like the same thing, heed now, heed means you need to stop. Whoa, stop. Yield. Walk with caution. Heed, be aware. Because you can hear somebody's voice, but not hear them. You know, my wife is always saying to me, uh, baby, do you hear me? It, it sounds like I'm talking, but you're not listening. Can you comprehend? You know, she just did that with a, can you comprehend? You know what I'm saying? I mean, ain't nothing worse than your girl doing that to you because you feel violated as a man. Like, I mean, what you doing? Like, I mean, what you be doing your hand like that at me? I mean, come on now. That's, that's, that's fighting terms on the street. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Can you comprehend? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The, if you're ever around the brown girls, can you comprehend? And they be confident in it. What you going to do? Challenge me? I mean, what you going to say? I mean, leave me alone, baby. My church, let me preach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you, are you, can you comprehend? Can you, are you competent? Do you have the capacity? Not to just hear me, but hear me that leads to obedience. Like that B clause in, in, in 2615, it says, give ear to his commandments and to keep all, no, 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 wait a minute, three of them. And the three that I want to pick, that's the ones that I can be faithful to. The rest I don't have to. I can, you know, I can do it my way. You know, he, he said, Grace, you got out of the 10, pick the three that you like. And then that's how you can obey me. No, no, no. He says, keep all my statutes. Keep all of them. You cannot, you cannot talk about, you know, Leviticus and you not talk about all of it. Well, you shouldn't eat pork. Well, you shouldn't be eating that raggedy catfish off the bottom of the seat floor that eats everything. Oh, Reverend, come on now. Uh, you cannot talk about pork. And you talk about, and you won't talk about shrimp, the garbage food. I mean, come on. You know, my son, they give me that shrimp pasta. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, 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 you cannot talk about Leviticus and not talk about all of the other stuff. 
You know, you, you can't, you cannot, I'm going to say it, you cannot talk about all of the other stuff that you don't like, but you still fornicate. All right. Oh, come on now. Let the church, everybody say amen. amen. See, if you say amen, nobody will know that you're guilty. They told us that in the Baptist church. If everybody says amen, then nobody knows who's fornicating. Nobody knows who's lying. Nobody knows who's being rebellious. Come on now. Uh, you cannot talk about the scripture and not talk about it all. Get up and fake a shout. Do something. But do not sit there and just be quiet. Because everybody's going to look at you like, God, you perfect? I mean, you better say something, girl. Because, shoot, we got a preacher here that might call you out and prophesy. Linda might get up and give you a word of the Lord, and you'd be like, oh, dang. <laughs> Y'all hear one of, you know, Reverend Chief is like, amen. Bishop preach this word here. I mean, come on. We talking about everything else. And adultery is running through the church. It's running through the church like a raggedy moped with no gas. <laughs> Adultery in the church. Divorce is running through the church like it's okay. And then now we get up and be like, yeah, so what are we going to do for the divorcees? Huh. <laughs> Did you? Now, let me, let me make this clear. I'm talking about them divorces that say, oh, yeah, we just can't get along. The devil is a lie. That's a lie from hell. Because you don't get along with your boss, but I don't see you quitting your job. You, you, you don't get along with the government, but I do not see you sitting here not paying your taxes for 30 years because you can go to jail. Uh, you, you, you don't get along with your friends but you still go drink with them and spend your money at the strip club and spend your money, $500, your paycheck, getting drunk and getting high and making it rain. I'm, I'm talking about believers. I'm not talking about the lost because they don't have... I'm talking about believers that now you go to the bar and you want everybody to know that you sit up drinking mimosa and then you wonder why people don't have faith in the preacher. Because we sitting up getting drunk at the cigar bar openly after you just laid hands on the saints. But then we want to talk about other people's issue, but the church is the biggest lie on Sunday morning. We're lying. Come on, Reverend Treacy, say amen. Let me know that I'm in the house. She's sitting there shaking her hand. I'm telling you, we have to get back to a place where we examine ourselves as a body because we actually teach you how to divorce in the church. We teach you, oh, come on now, come on now, because we're sitting up listening at people on YouTube who have been divorced four times telling you how to date. How can you be divorced four times and you can't keep a wife, bruh? You have no wisdom for me. 
what in the world? How would you hire a lawyer who has lost every case? You would say, he's not good for me. How would you get a doctor that doesn't know how to use the surgical knife and it's been reported that he has 40 malpractice lawsuits, but we sit in the church and we allow you to go to YouTube and listen to people tell you that because you're single and you were once married, you should find a way to have sex. The devil be damned. And we think that it's okay. And we tell you, oh yeah, everybody has a need. What are you saying has a need? What Your need has nothing to do with you living holy. Your need has nothing to do with you living for God. Your need has nothing to do with you honoring God as him in your life. And God will strengthen you. He will hold you. He will keep you. And he says, I won't allow your feet to slip. I won't allow you to fall. I won't allow you to fail. I'm too good of a God to see something that I care about damage itself. We got 40 and 50,000 YouTube views on somebody saying that we need to come up with word and scripture for people who used to be married that still want to have sex. That's your fault. You made a choice. See, we don't, we don't want to preach Jesus anymore because Jesus hits us all. It hits us all. This ain't just me acting like I'm goody two-shoe. No, Graves, come on now. You got to stay committed. You got to honor me every day of your life. You, you got to do some things in your life that cause you not to walk around the same mountain. We're all guilty. None of us are sitting here today with a clean slate. We got to reflect, re-examine, and repent. Daily on daily faith to hear and obey give ear to his commandments and to keep all his statues I'm saying it again the devil is a lie he's a lie he's lying to you telling you that you can cheat on your wife and still walk up in your church and declare that God is holy you are a liar and God is not with you. And we have young people who are watching this. And a young generation that's watching preachers sit up on their porches and blow their cigars. And they're saying, well, shoot, I might as well light up this bag of chronic right here. I might as well light it up. I need to feel lean anyway today. Woo. They're watching us become celebrities. Imagine if they saw the suffering and the bleeding, they would say, give me that story. Imagine if they saw the tears and the pain. Come on. Imagine if they saw the real sins of our hearts. And we were able to say, hey, brother, I got to repent just like you got to repent. I got to re-examine just like you have to re-examine. 
but because I'm the man of God, I have to do it first. And I got to be willing sometimes to tell my story of how I mismanaged my honor and how I was on my way back to a place called redeemed sin. I was on my way back to a place where God redeemed me from because I lost focus. I, I got high. I started looking at other stuff and I forgot to pray. I don't pray like I used to. I don't study like I used to. If you could see, that's why my life is an open book to this church. I know what it means to be trying to honor God and living life like a hellion. Walking in church thinking that just because I took my earrings out my ear, I was honoring God. As long as I don't wear them in church, I don't want to offend nobody. You know, had it not been for my wife who had the Holy Ghost, I probably would still have them in my ear. There she go again. See, she just keeps, who has the, there she go with that finger again, offending me in my church, bossing me in my church. She bossing me in my church. Lady Bishop Jamila, my wife is bossing me in my church if you see this. Sister Nelson, my wife is bossing me in my church. Tell, have the Holy Ghost. Don't get it wrong now. You're only right because I had the Holy Ghost. This is good. It's good teaching. Because when you go home tonight, when you leave here today, the Holy Ghost is going to say, ah, oh, don't you do that now. Ah, uh -uh, don't you. So I remember those moments when we used to leave and, and, and we would want to go to the club. We would still go, but the Holy Ghost is like, now you know you're wrong, man. You know that you're wrong, bruh. You know there ain't nothing here for you, man. And I would just be standing on the wall wasting my money. Because I didn't know how to, you know, really rap to a girl. You know, I was really kind of, you know, nerdy, green. I'm still green. You know, when you're a Christian, you're green. You know, you, I didn't know how to, you know, I just hung around guys who taught me, you know, how to keep my mouth shut and do the right thing, but I'm green. I was sheltered. I was a church boy seven days a week, all day long, speaking the Holy Ghost, cry, lift my hands. Uh, uh, I didn't know what it was to go to the club and walk up on a girl and be like, hey, you know, can I get your number? And you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know. still green and when I go and I hang out they be like Bishop you alright now I mean we know you're hanging out make sure you get home by 1030 <laughs> see people should know that you're green my alpha brothers know that I am green he is a nerd that dresses real nice but at 1030 be like alright Bishop it's time to go get on home with your wife and you be a good little boy now all right we'll catch you we'll catch you six months from now <laughs> that's what you should want as a believer you should want somebody to say all right now don't you supposed to be praying by now you supposed to be praying home praying for me that I make it through you, 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 that's what the, that's what we should be as the church 
you know, the, the, the people that are looking at us, they should depend on us to hear and to obey. Come on now. God required their full attention and cooperative obedience. How did he require that? What did he require? Listen with the ear to hear his voice. Comprehend. That's my, will you comprehend? Because I have the Holy Ghost. What he's saying. And then retain. Listen, comprehend, and retain. Retain it through your action. Comprehend what he's saying. Go back and keep going. Father, can you, can you walk me through this moment? I, I don't understand. Can you make it clear to me? Can you, if you don't understand what God is saying, go back until you can comprehend. Go back and listen over and over. Father, you asked me to do this. Uh, will you guide me through this moment because I don't understand? Uh, help me walk through this moment. Help me to be honest in this moment. Hear this quote. Faith is the harmony of success that is resonated in the song we hear in the world. The song. How great is our God. Sing with me. You are great God. We were honoring his greatness today. And then, we were honoring him. Our, our honor, our praise is resonated by what we hear. By what we hear. By, by, by what we hear. God's doing a new thing in your life today. But here it is. The condition. He says, after you heed, after you do what? What's the second one? After you honor, come on now. After you hear and obey, he says, here are the conditions that you must meet. Number one, I'll grant you healing. Number two, I'll grant you divine protection. Number three, I'll keep to my promise. God would grant healing. God would grant his divine protection and then God would hold to his promise in being their healer. All the diseases that you see over there in Egypt, as long as you can have faith to heed my voice, faith to honor me, faith to hear and obey me, I will do all three of these things. I will be your divine protector. I'll cause healing to be your name. I 